With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome along to Steve Bloomer's Washing, your fortnightly dose of independent opinion on all things Derby County. Great to have you with us. I'm Chris. Tom's here. Hi there. And Richard Kutcher's in the mixer as well. Hello. Welcome. You both surviving the big freeze? Because they're managing? Trusty gloves to keep my fingers warm. <laughs> Thermals. That's um, all about it. You're biking. How you doing, Richard? Are you managing the uh, minus two? I am enjoying Tom's Derby County umbrella. <laughs> uh, which would be keeping me dry on the commute to and from the train stations. You've had it even colder recently, haven't you, Chris? Yeah, had a had a week in Canada where it was a cool minus nineteen Oof. with uh, with wind chill. But the sun was out, I presume. That's quite. That, in case you're wondering, that that's quite cold. Yeah, yeah. Short, shorts and t-shirt weather. Yeah, <laughs> and four pairs of trousers on top. <laughs> um, so the Rams have fallen out of the top six for now, albeit on goal difference. But there are more winnable fixtures coming up. Uh, we've managed a couple of clean sheets. So it's not all bad. And there's another juicy cup tie just around the corner. Uh, elsewhere, we've got the inside word on what to expect from Frank Lampard's latest loan recruit, Andy King, and your shouts on Derby's best midfield three. Now we have to cope without Mason Mount for the rest of February. Um, but before we go any further, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Android users can hit follow on SoundCloud or Spotify and those on Apple devices can hit subscribe on the old iTunes to get the latest podcast first. But it was uh, Deepdale where a frustrating performance, I think it's fair to say, saw the Rams record their eighth league draw of the campaign, their sixth clean sheet this season. Richard, can we consider this a point gained or two dropped, would you say? I think on performance... Sounds like a point gained. Uh, not a single shot on target during the match. Obviously, Harry Wilson hit the woodwork twice. Uh, characteristically, great, great, great shots from distance. But if you're not creating chances, you're not going to win games. Um, so I think a point gained. And yeah, Preston aren't a terrible team, and it's a clean sheet, as you said, which is which is pretty positive actually at this stage. You look at it in the bigger picture of the season. I think it is a good point away from home. However. You're thinking at the moment, if we're really wanting to push on for top six, um, and even look at Leeds, they keep losing, and now Norwich have gone to the top of the pile. They're only 10 points. I know it's a lot, but we've got game in hand, I think, and there's there's winnable games coming up. Realistically, if we're even considering pushing, pressuring that top two space, we need to be winning away at Preston, and we certainly need to be playing better. Um, more fluidity through the midfield, uh, creating more chances didn't really create enough and um, well didn't create anything technically yeah <laughs> didn't create anything then fair, fair I don't think it's a I think it's an okay point but did Tom Lawrence's did Tom Lawrence's chance not count as a shot on target was that a block from the defender when he went through his release on the right side of the box and he got a shot off so he that was arguably Derby's chance of the game uh, no shots on target as you said although Wilson hit the post and the bar and as you said there Richard Derby's best chance probably did fall to Tom Lawrence, put through with that lovely slide rule pass from Wilson, but uh, blazed it high and wide. Probably should have done better, shouldn't he? 
yeah, definitely should have done better. I mean, it's a, as you said, it was the only clear cut chance we created, and Tom Lawrence is the kind of player he has got the quality to finish those, and that's why the fans get frustrated with him because he doesn't produce the quality when it really matters. It's so frustrating with Lawrence because, yeah, as you say, he's got the ability, lacked composure there, he was all over the place, like Bambi on ice. So he like, looked a bit off balance from the moment yeah. he hit it, really. Like, like, like Shola Amiobi for Newcastle in the noughties, like big, bit, arms, all lo- arms all over the place, <laughs> and, like, and then just blazed it over. And then, what, in, I think it was into the second half, uh, Lawrence picks the ball up on the left hand side, there's runners going uh, left and right, and he gets his head down, runs into traffic, loses the ball, and suddenly we're on the back foot with the fullbacks pushed up. Lawrence didn't have a good game on Friday. Is it? Is part of the issue there that he seems like the sort of player sometimes who looks like he has to like beat a man or, or get or sort of drop the shoulder before he gives it simple? Whereas it's not always about that, is it? Sometimes it's just like keeping a move moving, keeping an attacking move going, like giving it quickly, one touch out your feet, send yeah. it, and Lawrence maybe doesn't always do that as soon as he should. He must be the most frustrating individual to, to coach because he had that wonderful season at Ipswich, um, what, two or three years ago, where he sc- scored loads of goals. Um, he used to bang them in for fun, and he has done some brilliant things at Derby. There's been some exquisite skill. I remember Birmingham City away when he was like flicking the ball over the top of their fullback and like running onto it, controlling it, and then lashing in a great cross for um, into the centre. He, he is a really talented player, but time and time again, we say the same thing. Like, play the simple ball unless you have the, the space to do something outrageous. And he doesn't do it, and he wastes, he wastes too many opportunities for me. Yeah, I think you both hit the nail on the head. He doesn't do the simple things enough. You know, he, as you said, Chris, he doesn't give and go. He doesn't play the one-two. He doesn't play one-touch football. But that's what Wilson and Mount, that's what differentiates them, because they can do the, the excellent parts. They can shoot from distance and score, but they also know when to play quick and when to get the ball out their feet. And I think that's one of the things man. that Wilson's better at doing than Lawrence. Is and Holmes like, as well does it. Holmes does it very well. Yeah, getting the ball in a difficult position and, and using his first touch to get it out of his feet and pass someone, like wriggling past the past his marker, whereas Lawrence seems to want to get it, face up the defender, then try and do something, which can sort of slow the move down sometimes. It's, it? it's strange because they're both their teammates at Wales, right? They know they must know each other well. They're sim- Tom Lawrence a couple of couple of years older than Wilson, but not much. Um, and they've got many similar attributes, but it's a mind. I think it's a mindset thing from from Lawrence. Just a what if scenario. Going back to the Lawrence chance on on Friday. Could you imagine Tom Lawrence playing that pass through to Harry Wilson? And I, I couldn't because Lawrence would have taken that ball on another couple of touches killed and then the space. yeah killed the space and wellied it in over the top of the bar. Um, <laughs> that that's the problem. Like he just doesn't think like a like a real quality footballer. And good he, use of uh, wellied it. <laughs> you enjoyed that <laughs> straight from the coaching manual. <laughs> yeah, absolutely mullers it over the crossbar. But um, Wilson's a real a, a real thinker when he's got the ball, and you can see him sort of clicking through that. You mentioned Holmes. I think he does as well. He he considers: Do I drive on with this? Do I cut inside? I want to. Yeah, and he, he really thinks about it. Whereas Lawrence just gets the ball and goes right. What can I do? Not like what can we do for the team? It's a it's a real selfish thing, I think, for Lawrence. And until he gets rid of that, he's never going to improve for me. It's frustrating because I don't actually want us to be. I don't want to be getting on his back too much because I, I think we both said some. All of all three of us have said some pretty harsh things uh, in the last couple of minutes and. I think it's all fair, but I still think there's a player there, and I still would like Pitt fans to give him patience, and I'd like still like to see Lampard give him some patience, and see if he can get that out of him. Surely Lampard and Jody Morris are the kind of coaches that could get that extra ten percent and extra thinking out of him. Um, 
I hope I hope it happens. I really do hope it happens. I think there's a great player there. It's not all bad news. Unbeaten in February. So you know. Yes. Ah, oh, good point. Yeah. yeah. Literally haven't lost a game of football in February. It's the fourth of February or something today, Chris. Literally haven't lost a game in February. So. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't conceded a goal in February either. <laughs> we're invincible. <laughs> all of a sudden, we were fairly under the cosh in the second half, weren't we? A few crosses still sneaking through, but I think on the whole we looked pretty solid defensively you know I mean in that period of play where a cross came over and Ruse saved really well from that Gallagher volley at the back post Mm -hmm. then two big blocks straight after that as well bodies on the line really good to see Tom yeah I think uh, Keogh was one of the blockers in there what I did I think someone something's been happening with Tamori which I like and that's he's starting to attack crosses a lot more he's still not 100% convincing I, I don't see a a sort of similar sort of thing as I know John Terry coming to head the ball away when it comes into comes into the box, but he is at least trying to win that and he's trying to develop his game and he's been far improved in the last two or three weeks and that has been notable with our defending it it has been better even when we drew against Southampton conceded two goals but I thought that defensively we looked more solid the concern still is and people absolutely pan Bogle for this um, he wasn't playing on Friday we still can't stop the ball coming into the box from the left or from the right um, so it's clearly not Bogle's fault Yeah I think there are improvements I think obviously Ruse not that Carson doesn't instill confidence but I think probably the, the defence has actually realised oh Ruse actually is, is is a decent keeper as well that's probably put a bit more confidence into the back four um, I agree with Tom Tomori does seem to look like he's dealing with crosses a bit better maybe it's just a couple of games one off I think there's yeah, there's some signs there, and if there's one area, as we know, Tamori needs to improve to be to to improve as a player. It's that's the one area he needs to improve. It's just a bit of positioning and attacking the ball in the box. He's got everything else to be a, a really good defender. So, you know, if that's what he's working on and it's and it's paying off, then it, it could be very helpful for the second half of the season. You mentioned Ruse there. I think we need to write an open open letter to him because uh, a couple of weeks ago we said um, can't see him being long term, but the last three or four weeks. It's been absolutely fantastic. He's dominating the box when the ball comes in. Uh, he's been big and strong, uh, and he's making some excellent saves. His handling's been good. Um, so, yeah, great. Keep him in there. Still think Scott Carson is our number one goalkeeper, but Ruse is deserving that shirt at the moment. Keep it up. You can imagine Shea Given probably played him uh, played him our last podcast and said, uh, go, and go and prove them wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richard Kutcher and Tom Martin, the uh, goal- like, who, who are those cratins? <laughs> goalkeepers from South East London, yeah. five-a-side fame. Yeah. <laughs> Um, neither of us are taller than five foot ten. So, in the middle, anyway, as we discussed, we have got a bit of a problem, aren't we? We're in a bit of a pickle. Um, Mason Mount, with a bit of a hamstring problem, came off against Accrington. Uh, has played most games this season. Been pretty influential overall, but we're going to miss him for the entire month. So, with that in mind, we asked you guys on social media on Steve Bloom's washing Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Where do we go from here then? You know, who are the midfield three? Because Evans has played a few games. It's all pretty much every position in that three is sort of up for grabs, really, except for maybe Wilson, who you'd say is probably the only guaranteed starter out of that trio. So anyway, we asked you guys and we had a fair few responses. Uh, Rob Wilcoxon tweeted us. He said, Huddleston, Wilson and King. I can't take any more Bryson running 16 kilometres a game and only touching the ball twice. Uh, Matthew Fern tweeted us he said Tom Huddleston Andy King and Harry Wilson Dwayne Holmes as an impact sub last 20 minutes is quite an interesting one um, Joe Draper said Huddleston King brackets match fitness permitting and Wilson 
Uh, I'd much prefer to see Wilson operate centrally where he looks more comfortable and effective. Holmes, Marriott and Waghorn in the front three. Kurt Lewin got in touch on Instagram, on the Steve Bloom's watching Instagram. He said King, Huddleston and Holmes. One defensive-minded, one box-to-box and one attack-minded. Come on to a few more there, but um, which three is it for you, Richard? Uh, I think it'll be Huddleston, King and Wilson. Coming on to the Holmes comment, I I, I would play Holmes in the first team on on the wing uh, and have him on the wing and Wilson in the middle for the reasons we discussed earlier. So yeah, that'd be my three. I think the largely common consensus was was Huddleston, Wilson and King with yeah people throwing Holmes in there and I think a couple of mentions for, for George Evans as well. Tom, is Huddleston, Holmes and Wilson a bit too lightweight in the front two positions? Because on paper, for me, that's 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 the three I'd go for. I I don't think it is. Wilson's shown that he can be uh, he can be kicked and he can get on with it. Um, Holmes is a, a strong character. Look at that driving run against Norwich where he like bulldozed past a few players. Um, so I wouldn't say it's lightweight. I just find it quite interesting. Obviously, we've had Evans in there. Um, not too many people are thinking Evans over Huddleston, and I totally agree. I've never seen a defensive midfielder go missing in a game as much as Evans. I don't think he plays half the time. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting Huddleston back in there um, to try and sort of protect that back four again. Is that not harsh on Evans? Because that position, by its very nature, means that you just have to do the sort of quiet stuff and like it's a bit of an unglamorous role. Is it also a position where you are noticed that often? I think Evans has been quite harshly criticised by Derby County fans, including Tom just there. Um, I think Evans is more mobile than Huddleston. I think when Evans has played, I think we have looked more solid defensively. And I think it's no coincidence that we've started picking up a few more clean sheets since Evans has been in the team. He does get amongst the opposition a bit more. He does read the play a bit more. He does make tackles a bit more. He hasn't got the distribution of Tom Huddleston. But tell me one other championship player that does have a distribution of Tom Huddleston. Um... I think he's been criticised for passing it backwards too often. But I would say normally when a player passes back too often, that's often the fault of the rest of the team as much as it is that player because he's not been given the options. Um, I think he's. I think he's still getting into it. I think we look good. I don't think. I think I would rather play Huddleston, but I can see a world where you play Evans and Huddleston against certain opposition. Um, I quite like George Evans. I think he's going to continue to grow into the team. Um, I, I, I think he's a pretty nice and tidy player. He might not be as dynamic as our other midfielders, but I think we need someone like that in that midfield from time to time. I really think that Holmes needs to start. I think he's been excellent in the uh, sort of last the sort of last half of this current season. So probably since November, I think he's really come into the game. He's really grown uh, with the squad, and I, I really like him. Um, lots of energy and lots of sort of pace and power. Um, so yeah, he's got to be in there in the middle. Um, I also think Wilson as well. He's so much so much better and stronger in that middle. Uh, part which leaves the question I mean we have got some options in there does King come in if he's match fit or does even Holmes come out to the uh, to the wider positions it is interesting but currently I'd say uh, Huddleston King uh, sorry Huddleston Holmes and Wilson going back to the original theme of Mason Mount being injured though I would say has Lampard made a bigger mistake this year than overplaying Mason Mount because he has overplayed he's played him in every game possible and I think we all said and other people said maybe the Akron game is the game to rest him and take him out because he has looked tired and he picks up an injury in 25 minutes into the match and now he's out for a month. He's also not been in great form, has he? No, exactly. It would have been perfect time to take him out. He would have had two weeks off. Um, he would have taken him out both for form reasons and maybe just to refresh him. In a game with a dodgy pitch, it's going to be a cup game. It just For me, I know it sounds easy in hindsight, but we not just us, but lots of people did say it before. 
uh, the game that maybe Mount should be the rest of that match. Yeah, I guess on the plus side, at least we did manage to get someone in the door who can yeah. uh, who can step in. We'll come on to Andy King a bit later on. Um, just a couple more responses we had on social to the to that midfield three conundrum. Uh, Fred Motson on Facebook uh, messaged us saying Huddleston holding. He's better in the role than Evans. Uh, King and Holmes in front. King will hopefully be 2004-era Bryson, and Holmes has work rate, attacking threat, and surprising presence for his size. And he said he'd put Wilson in the front three. 2014-era Bryson? 2014, yeah. yeah. Is that what I said? He said 2004. Oh, right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack Ratcliffe on Facebook said, uh, Evans, Wilson and King uh, get Dwayne... Waggy and Marriott as a three up top. Evans, purely because I think Frank Lampard prefers to use him to Huddleston. Uh, Wilson is self-explanatory and King has got to start, as I imagine we're paying him to... Uh, we're paying him, which dictates that. And uh, just finally, Tim on Twitter probably had the best answer. He said, uh, the midfield three should be Huddleston, Lampard and Morris. <laughs> you imagine that? That's a tough tackling. It's hard to argue there. with. Bit of everything there, really, isn't there? You know, you yeah. got you got the box to box. You got the uh, you got the snappy midfielder, and you got the classy ball playing uh, quarterback. Look, of course, we love uh, a prime Frank Lampard in our midfield, but of all those three, the type of player we need most is a Jody Morris type player. Yeah, someone <laughs> that kicks and scraps. And I, yeah. I think that's where I think my comment on Evans comes. So uh, you don't you don't see him necessarily getting in there and winning that tackle. We still seem like we we seed a lot of space or concede a lot of space even um, and I think that uh, Evans just needs to be a bit more on the front foot with his tackling and winning the ball back I say it about once a month bring back John Eustace yeah <laughs> bring back George no Jamie <laughs> Hansen <laughs> bring back Jacob oh no ja- Jamie Hansen where are you friend of the pod <laughs> alright we'll get on to Accrington to the transfer window and to a few more bits and pieces in a couple, in just a second in the meantime uh, Steve Bloomers Washing is partnered for the season with Derby Brewing Company, the family-run micro-pub operator in Derby with three venues across the city, including The Tap, our favourite pre-match boozer, which is about 20 minutes' walk from Pride Park. Hi, I'm Dean Sturridge. Hi, I'm Paul Pesky-Solido. Hi, I'm Curtis Davis, and you're listening to Steve Bloomers Washing. So we're in the hat for the next round of the FA Cup, that narrow squeaky 1-0 away win at Accrington uh, Martin Waghorn's late winner wasn't pretty was it in fact it was quite ugly at times actually with uh, Waghorn's fourth cup goal this season not the best of pitches and uh, Jane Bogle getting sent off um, but we you know we did what we had to um, clean sheet tick won the game tick someone bought a tinfoil FA Cup to the ground tick oh, a massive tick for that Chris. so you know all the boxes ticked yeah, that game was about as ugly as my Burns like hangover that I was suffering <laughs> at the same time. Um, it just about kept me awake before I went back to bed. We got through the cup. It was always going to be a tough game. I, I, mount aside, I'm pleased that Lampard put out a strong team and we got through. Um, we did just about the minimum, I think. I don't think we played as badly as, as, as a lot of people said we did. I don't think uh, Acton particularly deserved to go through instead of us. I think the referee decisions were all pretty much right. Um, and, and we and we did just just enough to get through. Yeah, the uh, Accrington manager John Coleman had a bit of a moan after the game, which he subsequently apologised for. I think. Well, that... did you read the apology though? It was it was like a non-apology because he basically apologised and then went on to say that everything he originally said still stood. Well, even so, like I think he was wrong with the uh, I think he was wrong with the the sending off for their lad, the, the lad on loan from Newcastle. Both of them were were clear bookings, and I think um, Derby should have probably had a penalty for the challenge on Bogle. Um, 
so yeah, I don't think there was there was too much that just went against that quinter, and I think there was bits both ways and that's that's just the nature of football isn't it you get some decisions you don't some are controversial some are not quite so clear cut and um, Derby did enough just about to, to scrape it through and I think the, the red card for Bogle absolutely textbook fullback play reminiscent of um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer against Newcastle in, yeah. the, in, the, in the 90s I, I actually really like that from Dane and Bogle because it yeah. showed uh, maturity which, which you know, no, I think he'll. I think it's great. I think it's great that he knew to do that because yeah. so often you see players don't do it, and it's the obvious thing to do. He I mean, didn't, it's a shame he's out for three matches, obviously, but yeah. probably the rest of them some good. He didn't hesitate at all, and yeah. I, the the thing that annoyed me about that is that we conceded a free kick in the in the. Uh, in the Accrington box no one stood on the ball or got in the way of it it sort of threw their arms up and were like oh how annoying and the ball got passed then this it is a it is a bit of a lucky lump he sort of slides and boots it forward but um, it's suddenly like panic stations going on and the the lad there uh, I think it's Smythe or Smith um, really quick and Bogle just gets across him and just like yeah you're coming down mate slides him down yeah no chance for him so good good, good play from uh, Bogle important there at that moment a cracking save from Roos as well quick straw poll who would we prefer West Brom or Brighton away? Self, I've never been to the Hawthorns, so I would probably go to West Brom away, and Brighton's quite close for us, uh, so I'd probably go to Brighton away. Brighton is close, but um, due to engineering works, you can all get a train. Oh, so. really? Oh, oh <laughs> shit. Unless, <laughs> unless you fancy getting a bus from Three Bridges. Um, um, but football-wise, Brighton, Premier League team. We'll play West Brom twice this season, we won't play Brighton. Let's go to Brighton. So, Tom, the last time we went to Brighton was um, McLaren's last game wasn't it when we lost 3-0 it's the and, only game uh, I've ever left early we left early and uh, stormed back to the station didn't we yeah <laughs> it, it did. it, I mean it's a bit of a nightmare getting out of there on the train because there's like one train an hour it seems to get out of Falmer um, and we were 3-0 down and we looked pathetic from like the first minute basically when I think Knockhart scored quite early um, and I think I was in the pub watching the end of the uh, Ireland-Wales game on the, on the Six Nations before uh, before the game had even finished. Going back to Brighton, if we do play Brighton, we would have played almost a quarter at the Premier League and done very well mm. against all of them. Unbeaten so far. Well, he lost to Chelsea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. We should have drawn that game. Nugent's chance. What about our business in the old transfer window then? Um, a surprisingly quiet one by our standards. I thought probably a good thing in the, uh, in the circumstances. Ashley Cole and Andy King in... Butterfield and Thorne out on loan, along with uh, Joe Ledley, who's had his contracts mutually terminated. Seemed like Lampard was quite frustrated in the quotes that I saw afterwards. Um, why do you think we didn't end up getting a centre-back? I don't think there was anyone out there in the price range or wage range that w- would work for us. You have to give them credit in that sense, that we didn't just get any old... Uh, Tom Dick or Harry in just to just to fill a hole, did we? Yeah, no. he didn't just read the Derby Telegraph's suggested centre backs list and go for one of those. Thank, <laughs> thankfully, um, Robert so, Huth. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think it's a frustrating. I think we can get away with it. Tamori and Keogh haven't missed a game. I don't think this season through injury. I think we'll probably be fine. It, we would have preferred to have a centre back. It's a bit strange that you'd send Alex Pierce out right at the start of the window. Lampard seems to suggest that they sent Pierce out basically to reward him for being a good professional uh, for the first half of the season having not had a look in my, my my suspicion is actually it was just okay there's another wage we can get off the wage bill for the second half my, my prediction is my guess is that Mel Morris is seriously worried about complying with financial fair play in this in this financial year I think we'll uh get promoted at Wembley in the playoff final with uh, Tom Huddleston and Andre Wisdom as centre-backs <laughs> 16 year old Tom Huddleston playing at centre-back again <laughs> blimey dark days so Andy King 
where do we think he fits in? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, from what I read from Lampard afterwards, it seemed to be an acknowledgement from him that, I mean, you can read between the lines, can't you, that he doesn't think that Bryson influences games strongly enough anymore. And Bradley Johnson just seems to be completely out of favour since the Stoke incident, although he was on the bench against Preston. Um, Cuts, do you see Annie King's a guaranteed starter? Or, as Lampard said, just the case of extra numbers in the middle? I think guaranteed starter once he's fit, um, definitely. I think Lampard wants him to be give that balance to the midfield. And considering that we were in for him in the summer and all of those very um, high-wage, older midfield players that will be leaving us in the summer, Bradley Johnson, Joe Daddy's already gone, possibly Craig Bryson, possibly Tom Huddleston, he'll be looking for a midfielder in the summer. So I don't know if his contract's up or... Tom? Yeah, uh, his contract's not, but I think uh, a lot of Leicester fans and the Leicester management seem to agree that he's on the way out. I think he demanded a transfer or demanded to move in the uh, January transfer window. Yeah, as you said there, he helped Leicester's rise up the divisions. Uh, he's won League One, Championship and Premier League as a Leicester player. Not bad, is it? It's all right, yeah. Um, had 15 international caps and is their highest scoring midfielder. Didn't really cover himself in glory last season in that relegated Swansea team on loan um, I think on the face of it not a hugely glamorous signing really is it but he does give that added experience and professionalism uh, a Welshman as well so you know maybe he'll bring a little extra something out of Wilson and, uh, and more importantly Lawrence and clearly another face will be good with the uh, with the young players all of these points that we've made there we put to uh, Jordan Blackwell Leicester City writer for the Leicester Mercury just to get the lay of the land with Andy King and he seemed to broadly agree with us on most of them um, so Tom what, what else did uh, what else did you tell it what other inside info did we get on on him he certainly changed his style over the last few years he definitely began as a sort of more attacking midfielder um, lots of uh, similarities I guess to Frank Lampard in his in his pomp uh, able to score goals for, uh, from midfield I think he scored 16 under Sven Goran Eriksson uh, in the early sort of 2010 uh, 11 I think season it was um, his passing sort of uh, isn't the, like in the Wilson sort of standard it's more sort of side to side gets the ball lays it off to someone who's a little bit uh, better uh, and then sort of carries on so a bit more functional but it still still works very hard um, a lot of the stuff he tends to do is the, the dirty work for the team so you don't get him seen doing something unbelievably creative but you perhaps won't get the Craig Bryson running 16 kilometres and touching the ball twice as uh, one of our listeners said earlier um, he's much more sort of like gets in there does a job and gets the ball off to someone more more creative a Holmes or a Wilson perhaps um, and certainly he's not a sitter in midfield so he's not going to come in and perhaps challenge Huddleston or uh, Evans there so sort of a steady Eddie really like a you know like a 7 out of 10 but what would you what were we told were his um, main strengths and weaknesses definitely the main strength for him he's, he's been a complete club legend he's been there since 2007 he's made over 250 appearances um, he's a big influence off the pitch uh, and a big influence on the pitch as well um, it's surprising that he hasn't been given a testimonial so far for his services to Leicester um, a lot of the fans that I've spoken to have, have talked about his leadership qualities um, and the, the fact that he's been such a, a great face around the, around Leicester City and as you mentioned earlier he has basically been with them since the, the sort of bottom when they hit the bottom of League, League One uh, risen all the way through won the League One won the Championship and then obviously the, the pinnacle of his career winning the Premier League a few years back Kutch are you excited by, by him as a signing or is it just me that found it slightly underwhelming I'm not underwhelmed by it I think it's probably the kind of signing that we need you know 
just like Ashley Cole, more experience in that team. If 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 his main function, as Tom says, is to get the ball and give it, and you know we've got some really good players that need to be given the ball, whether it's Tom Hodgson from deep or Harry Wilson, Mason Mount, Jack Marriott further forward, you know that's that'll be a useful link man. If he offers more linkage than Craig Bryson, then then that's a good thing. As much as we all love Bryson, I think he definitely seems to be struggling with the pace of the game that we're playing. As much as he as much as he's running <laughs> running sixteen kilometers a game. Um, I, I don't find it underwhelming at all. I, th- I think it's a good. I think it's a good, sensible signing, and it could just be another another part of the jigsaw which which makes us tick. Lampard clearly likes the idea of Bryson, and Derby fans love the idea of Bryson. Whenever we go through a difficult spell, there's clamour for Bryson to get back in the team, and then he gets back in the team, and he doesn't really do too much. He sort of flatters to deceive. Um, a lot of the comment again from the Leicester fans I've spoken to recently. He's got the possibility to to add five to ten goals for the between now and the end of the season. Like they they clearly rate his ability to score scored over fifty goals for them in um, just over two hundred and fifty starts. So it's a decent strike rate that he's got there. And if he comes in and he settles in quickly, he's going to be an upgrade on Bryson. Which for me, good signing, solid and, and sensible. I agree with you, Coach. Bryson two point for uh, a couple of years at least. Quite possibly, and I think one of the other things that uh, the Leicester fans said to Tom is he's almost he's one of those players in that bracket which is kind of too good for the Championship, not quite good enough for Premier League. Some of the ones we've had down the years. Vidra probably falls into that bracket. Robbie Earnshaw probably falls into that bracket. Steve I, Howard. Just, yeah, well. Um, uh, yeah, so look, he, again, a lot of our rivals have made some very good signings, signings in, in January transfer window, mainly at the back where we could have done with something. But I think Andy King is, is a side addition. Um, one player who almost left but didn't is Tom Huddleston. Reportedly had talks of Udinese, of all people over in Italy um, but the move reportedly fell through towards the end of deadline day um, Tommy happy you staying? Yeah I love Tom Huddleston I think it's a, a great sort of story there and I think he's still got an important part to play for this Derby team not just this season but I also think in the future um, I'd like to see him rewarded with a new contract if the, the finances worked out because he is a class act and he has got a fantastic range of passing on the flip side how good would Huddleston be in Syria? <laughs> Just imagine that. He'd be playing with uh, slippers on, wouldn't he? Oh, it would, it would be like, it would be, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think everyone loves that idea. He's the, he's probably of all the England England midfielders from the last twenty years, he's probably the most Syria type or Syria suited. I would say that Syria has actually changed quite a little bit in the last couple of years. There's a lot more goals this season than, than there's ever been before. Defences aren't quite winning the day like they used to. Um and I'm sure the pace is a bit higher than it was in the classic, you know, Serie A nineties golden period. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm delighted that Tom Hardison is staying. There seems to be some chat around um, his contract. I saw Steve Nicholson said, um, I think earlier today on his on his um, live chat that Hardison's contract is up in the summer, but there is an option for a third year, and he was kind of speculating whether that option could be triggered by a certain number of appearances uh, this season. Hardison's made 19 appearances in all competitions, so I think 17 or 16 appearances in the league. So. As I said, it's speculation. We don't know if there is a number, and if there is a number, what that number is. But possibly that's something to keep an eye on. If Huddleston is continually left out when he's not done much wrong, then there must be it. And that is arguably the case this season, isn't it? He hasn't really done a huge amount wrong. Um, played most of our games last season, didn't he? So it's difficult to see why he's why he's being benched, unless Lampard has loads of faith in Evans. So... I don't know, maybe there's something in that, but we can't really prove it no. <laughs> either way, can we? All right then, well, we'll 
wrap up this podcast with another episode of Who Ram I? The uh, guessing game where Tom and Richard have to identify a Derby County player from a series of clues. You know the draw by now. Um, so, the first clue for this one. Tom leads the series for the season 4-2. Four Rams to two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I played 48 times for Derby County. Tom. Lee Holmes? Incorrect. Catch. Lars Bohinen. Also incorrect. <laughs> both both good, strong, introductory yeah. guesses. You love a Lars Bohinen. Yeah, I do love a Lars Bohinen. <laughs> uh, I played 48 times for Derby in 2002-2003. Catch. George Kincladze. George Kincladze. Incorrect. 2002-2003. 48 times, you could say. Yeah. Uh, Tom Benito Carboni. Benito Carboni is... Incorrect. You had me going there, Chris. I was born in Plaistow, London, and I'm currently 53 years of age. Do some maths. I'd have to do some maths now. 2002-2003 is the season we got relegated. Um, no, it, it wasn't in the season 2002-2003, just in the years 2002-2003. Tony Dorigo? Tony Dorigo is incorrect. Oh, God. London. 53, so how old is he now? Oh, it's 53. (laughs) 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 How old was he then? Sorry, I'm doing some maths in my head. Cutch. Craig Burley. Craig Burley is a good guess, but it's not right. No, it's massively bad. Um, I ended my career in 2005-2006. Where I... Hang on. (laughs) Rob Lee. Where I made 38 appearances for Wickham Wanderers. Tom Rob Lee is correct. It's the correct answer. <laughs> I had it <laughs> when you were like working out the age. I was like, it was so I helped seven. you get it. Basically. You did. So yeah. Half point, half a point each. Any particularly good memories of Rob Lee's eighteen-month spell at Derby County? He had a blinder on debut against Reading. I think debut. He played for us a bit in relegation season, oh, didn't did he? he? Okay. And it was the opening day of the did season when we went down, yeah. where he scored in that game, and we won three yeah. 0 Here's John Gregory's signings, wasn't he? Good player though, like an excellent player for Newcastle, and he, I think he started his career maybe at West Ham or Charlton. Right. Started at Charlton, Charlton yeah. yeah, and yeah. he had a good solid career. Played for England, three hundred and three appearances for Newcastle. I reckon, I guess he had five caps for England. Not even that, probably. He had twenty-one caps for England. Mm. Oh yeah, I had little. You know, remember those ones with the big head? Those little oh, yeah. figures of the big yeah. head. I had Rob Lee one. A little Corinthian figure. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah, I collect them as well. You're not six. Five-two yeah. then to Tom for this season. Going to leave it there for episode 44 of Sea Bloomers Washing. Thanks for uh, listening as always. You can catch us on social, Facebook, Twitter, at Steve Bloomer Pod, and Instagram as well. Tom, say goodbye. All the best. Richard Kutcher, say goodbye. Farewell. And it's goodbye from me. See you soon. Bye.